Amen. I'm going to have you open your Bibles to 1 Timothy 3. But before, Mike, get your cards out. I, this is a, uh, I just thought it was appropriate for me tonight. This is idle thoughts of a retired person. I planted some bird seed. A bird came up. Now I don't know what to feed it. I had amnesia once or twice. Protons have mass? I didn't even know they were Catholic. My wife is in agreement with me on this. All I ask is a chance to prove that money can't make you happy. <laughs> they told me I was gullible and I believed them. Just idle thoughts. Okay. Two can live as cheaply as one for half as long. <laughs> experience the thing you've experience is the thing you have left when everything else is gone. What if there were no hypothetical questions? <laughs> Think on it, okay. One nice thing about egotists, they don't talk about other people. When the only tool you own is a hammer, every problem begins to look like a nail. <laughs> is a flashlight a case for holding dead batteries? What was the greatest thing before sliced bread? <laughs> and I used to be indecisive, and now I'm just not sure. How can the world, can there be self-help groups? Think about it. Self-help group. It's that bad, okay. Is there another word for synonym? <laughs> Where do forest rangers go to get away from it all? Is it possible to be totally partial? Is Marx's tomb a communist plot? <laughs> if swimming is so good for your figure, how do you explain whales? Okay. See, these are sympathy laughs I want you to know. I understand. Okay. Yep. Show me a man with both feet firmly planted on the ground, and I'll show you a man who can't take his pants off. <laughs> Is it my imagination or do buffalo wings taste like chicken? That's, that's the last. And I had to read it, even though I know it wasn't that funny on that last one. I know I had to say it because <laughs> I'd give my, my uh, left arm for buffalo wings right about now. <laughs> okay. I have. Tonight, tomorrow, through the night... I told I can't do it at midnight. I got to do it by the morning so I can weigh myself again Friday morning. That'll be seven days on a seven-day cleanse. Yes. Yeah. You know that you, you're used to eating meat and stuff when your wife comes home from an MRI and she looks at me and she goes, 
I have, I've had, you know, just, I bought some blueberries while she was traveling. He said, all I want is meat, honey. Just all I want is meat. And I told her the same thing. Okay. First Timothy chapter 3. Verse 14. These things I write unto thee, hoping to come shortly, or come unto thee shortly. Okay, and so he's writing unto them. He's told them, you know, different things about uh, the qualifications of a bishop, qualifications of a deacon, other issues and stuff with that. And then he goes in, he says, I, these things I write unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. And what did he write? But if I tarry long, that thou mightest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, in the pillar and ground of truth. And without controversy, if you've got a King James Bible that says it this way, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. And I'm going to start this. I started studying for this, and I was going to do one message. And then I remember I'm only preaching on Wednesday nights. So you need to pray that I keep my memory. And starting a series out of verse 15, and it's the church of the living God. Church of the living God. And as you look at that, that verse, it says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. See, there is a behavior that's being lost. Caleb, Pastor Caleb, Pastor Kenny, my boss, okay, <laughs> sent me over the Christmas time a thing on statistics of what's going on with religion in America over Christmas. And I didn't open it up, but I saw an article yesterday, and it carries so many things through, and that in the age group from about 18 to 30, the belief in religion, not just God, not in being born again, is at the lowest point it has been. And since they've been doing the statistics. People don't know God. So the ideal of them learning how to behave themselves in the house of God, when you don't honor the one who gives you life, you're never going to learn to honor the house of God. Amen? I looked at some things with this and I, I, you know, I'm going to come to the points of my message, but the, you know, Israel, their children, they fell into apostasy and bondage. And you know why? Because the parents didn't follow through on the command to train their children up in the Lord. Twenty percent of America's population don't know if they believe in God. We don't need to send missionaries out. We do because we're commanded to. We need to witness and have missionaries, and they're starting to do that. You know, the Philippine churches are sending missionaries back to America. 
it speaks of the church of the living God. Do they even know, you know, this passage? And it goes on. And I want you to see that there's three titles given for the church in this passage. And tonight we're going to look at the house of God. But the second title is the church of the living God. And the third title is the pillar and ground of truth. And without it, we're getting a generation that says, what is truth? Or that my truth is not your truth. No, there is either truth or there's conjecture. But it says here, you might know how, how you ought to behave yourself in, number one tonight, is the house of God. You know what you need to know from that? God dwells amongst his people. Dwells amongst his people. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I almost thought of, uh, I wasn't sure how it would work for the sake of time, but now I have a, a good 15, 20 minutes to preach. I was going to have the microphone given and have other people read the passage while I commented on it afterwards, the different passages. But tonight, Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 19. If you're here tonight and you're saved, can you say amen? amen. Okay. If you're young and you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, talk to your mommy and daddy. You need to know what it means to be saved, and they should be the ones who are the ones who lead you to the Lord, if at all possible. Verse 19 of Ephesians chapter 2. Now therefore ye are no more what? Or, but, of the saints and of the household of God. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. No other foundation can be laid but that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom also ye are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit, the house of God. Now, particularly, you know what people call church buildings? Houses of God. It's a house of God when God's family's there. But boy, when they're not, there's other things that come in here. But this is the house of God, you know? You know what it is? There is a need of coming together. One of the things that happened with COVID is it checked the commitment of people. The commitment to the house of God, the commitment to individually, because the Bible says, he that provideth not for his own is denied the faith and is worse than an infidel, providing for their own family. They're begging. You know one of the excuses that they'd be giving to, to let more illegal immigrants come into the country? They can't find workers because our people are not working the same anymore. There's a, there's a shortage of workers Melanie, can I tell your story about McDonald's? They'd come back, you know, and they had traveled, and it, they had no groceries. They'd used them all up. They were coming back from a trip. They came by. Pastor was busy. And so they turned around, and she just went through the West Side McDonald's in Oswego. And it, last time there, it took over a half hour to get their, their stuff. So she's, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call it in. 
so I can get curbside service. And she had both the little ones, both little ones. Okay, and you can't leave them, and you know, and it's Josiah, right? I don't, well, no, Elijah. See, that's why I'm not the senior. Okay, Elijah, you know, you stop the car, he starts crying. So she figured she could stay in the car and keep him busy, you know, and, and they're getting, the kids are getting really hungry and everything. And she, she called it in and paid for it. And nothing came for a half hour. And she's more patient than me or my family because I said, you needed Carla at that moment. Or my daughter, Heather. Okay. And so it didn't come. She got a little more patient. She waited 45 minutes. They hadn't come. And she called them back and said, you know, I called this in. And, you know, it was special order burgers. You know what it means? Leave the junk off. And chicken nuggets. And they said, oh, we're fixing it right now. We'll bring it right out to it. And she'd watch cars that were behind her go through, get their food, and leave. So now it goes to be an hour. And she's sitting there. And finally, after an hour, decides to get up, go in carrying both little ones, and tries to find somebody to talk to her. But everything is being done on a kiosk. There was no one at the counter. And one of the, what do you call the people who... DoorDash people saw, what's the matter? And went ahead and was so upset for her that they went around almost inside and pulled somebody out front to get them to take her order. It ended up being what, like an hour and 20 minutes? At McDonald's. Because they can't find somebody to work at McDonald's, they're understaffed, when they're paying them more than they do people in regular jobs. The minimum wage in New York State just got raised, okay? It's not to $15 an hour, except in New York State, fast food workers, the minimum wage is $15 an hour. See, why do I say that? Because I want you to understand things. It's a mess. The world's going to get you upset. You know what you should not do? Forsake the assembling of yourselves one with another, and the more so as you see the day approaching. Okay, turn to Hebrews 10. I just quoted part of that, but Hebrews chapter 10. It's the house of God. I can remember, I have a message on this called uh, Bible Salad. Okay, and then I heard James preach a message he called something similar to that because he stole my outline but didn't realize it and preached it about 10 years later. I'm only kidding. Okay, preached from the ideal in verse 22. It says, let us draw near with a true heart and in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. That's one of the reasons you need a church. And let us consider one another and provoke unto love, not to provoke, to wrath. You're not supposed to do it in your home. You're not supposed to do it in the house of God. Provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and the much more. See, that is the much more as you see what? Do you believe it's coming close? Don't forsake. 
don't forsake. You ever think about that? You know what? You know what? You want the house of God to be a peaceful house. You know what you need to have? You need to have a time when the family all comes in and sits down, has a chance to visit, and then partakes of the meal together. Amen? Spiritually, you know what that is? A, a pastor, and you're lucky, he's a foodie, he's a good cook. Okay? A pastor is supposed to prepare a meal for his congregation. If you don't eat it, it's not his fault. If you're eating the wrong stuff, it's not his fault. Right? He prepares that. But you and I got thinking about that. You know one of the problems why there's that issue? How many of you struggle to tell your children and your teenagers they're supposed to sit down and eat the meal with you? That's families. The parents are so busy trying to keep the kids satisfied, they're driving them every which way. And the family meal has been lost, the supper. At time to come together. I've heard mothers in this church say, I cook a meal, and I can't even get them to get off the internet long enough and come eat it with me. How do we expect them to eat spiritual meals? I'm sorry. I look at the pastorate in many ways. Yes, I'm an under-shepherd. He's an under-shepherd. It's also like a father. Okay? And if this is not an issue with you, don't get offended at me. If this is an issue in your home, correct it. My children are some of my closest friends, but it wasn't that way when they were growing up. Right, Mike? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't yet. And I'm not telling you to do it because Pastor Legault does it. I'm telling you, guess what? You know what's happening in churches across this nation? The churches that preach salvation? Because, you know, there's more than just Bible-believing Baptists. Okay? Preach salvation. Preach eternal security. Preach one way to heaven. There's more than just that. But you know what's happening? There's a weakness in their leadership. So many times, faith with the children will be based on the leadership that they're given. Most kids, you know what they have? They're under the security and the faith of their father. And some of you didn't have that. Thank God if you're here tonight, you did have a godly mother. There's a need of that coming together. 
I want to encourage you to make a time, settle a time where you come together. All right? I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. I want you to see what the house of God is supposed to be. Just some of it. Not all of it, just some of it. Okay? Did I write the wrong reference down? It is Philippians. Nope, 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 excuse me. Give me a chance. Yes, it is Ephesians chapter 1. Couldn't see it. Start at verse 3. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You want the blessing? You've got to be in Christ. According as he hath chosen us, where? In him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So you want to be in him, you've got to get in him. Having predestinated us unto the adoption by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath what? The house of God needs to be a place of acceptance. Accepted in the beloved. How many times in counseling I have to encourage people with that because they just don't feel accepted. They don't feel accepted in the body of Christ. They don't feel accepted in a church family. I get people sent to me from other churches all the time. The house of God is supposed to be a place of acceptance. That doesn't mean you accept everything that a person does. It means you accept them. We'll turn to Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, verse 28. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find what? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know when people are afraid, <laughs> they can't rest. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's supposed to be a place of safety. Go to John chapter 10. I just two, two passages for this. I just want to think about. I, I guarantee you, you can think of other ones that you would want to include with this. But the house of God is supposed to be a place of acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am. Okay. John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. 
My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. What do you have to do to become one of Christ's sheep? Get in his flock. Right? When you're there, no one can take you away from Jesus. It says no man. That means not even yourself. It's a place of safety. And we need to help people to know that. It's a place of safety. You can't, you're not going to be put out of the flock. Okay? You can take yourself out of a congregation. But you can't take yourself out of Christ. It needs to be a place of safety. I want you to think about it. As I go through these things, is the house of God that to me? Secondly, is my house that to others? Place of acceptance, a place of safety. Galatians chapter 6. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So you're not supposed to get involved in that restoration unless you're what? Spiritual. If you're sitting here tonight and going, yeah, I'm spiritual, you just disqualified yourself. You don't measure that. Christ measures that. Right? Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye what? And so fulfill the law of Christ. You know what it is? The house of God's a place of restoration. Restoration. We have to be very careful that we don't spend time thinking about those people. You never know when you're witnessing who's going to receive it and who isn't. You never know when that person comes in what they're going through. I don't, I don't mean just the visitors. I'm talking about the congregation. You see somebody that seems to have a problem and you turn around and, well, they, they seem a little rough that night. Well, guess what? You don't know what they're going through. Okay. This is a place of restoration. Sometimes restoration is providing for that which is lacking. Sometimes restoration is bringing back to the f what they were formerly. Sometimes it's to help them get healthy spiritually. Right? Restore them. And the house of God is to be a place of restoration. And we need to be careful. Okay, you know, <laughs> in endeavoring to restore, and there was somebody, there are people, that I don't think they even remember, they aren't here tonight, in trying to restore someone and help them. 
I had them kick me in the shin, spit in my face, and walk away. Early in my ministry in this church, that person still feels welcome to come to church. They happen to be here Sunday. You know what I had to recognize? When it's about restoration, it's not about me. It's about them being restored in the house of God. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 29. Let no what? Corrupt communication proceed out of your pie hole. Your mouth, okay? But that which is good to the use of edifying, building up, that it may minister what? And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. The house of God is a place of forgiveness. I've counseled with young people sent to me because a member of this church talked to their parents and said, well, baby Pastor Legault can help them. And they'd open up, they'd start breaking down, and you know what? They just didn't believe that they could bring the problem that was going to be destroying their life before their parents because they didn't believe if they brought it to their parents in the weakness that they had fallen into that they could be forgiven. You know what the house of God is supposed to be? A place of forgiveness, a place of acceptance, a place of safety, a place of restoration, a place of forgiveness. Now, For a person to truly be forgiven, my act, my responsibility, my command from God is to forgive them. For them to be able to have forgiveness work in their lives, they have to be willing to acknowledge that they need forgiveness. That's why the preaching is what it is. You know, if preaching doesn't bring conviction, then it's not fulfilling what it's supposed to do. Teaching and preaching, two different things. Teaching is for growth in knowledge and understanding. Preaching is to bring about decisions. The need of forgiveness should be in the house of God. You know what's needed in your home? All of your homes? Husbands and wives, if they don't learn to forgive each other, that marriage is always struggling. 
Always struggling. That's the personal home. If we can't practice forgiveness, what's the old saying? Charity begins at, where's the place we, we apply that least? What I'm saying to you, the house of God, that's God's dwelling place. You know what each of you are if you're here and you're saved? You're God's dwelling place. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Ask yourself tonight, do you feel accepted in Emmanuel? Secondly, do you feel accepted in your home? Are you accepting in your home? Do you feel safe in Emmanuel? Do you feel safe in your home? With restoration, do you feel helped in Emmanuel? Do you feel helped in your home? Are you helping others in your home? Last one. Do you feel forgiven in Emmanuel? And do you feel forgiven and do you give forgiveness in your home? One of the foundations of lasting love is forgiveness. Isn't that what God the Father did by sending his son? It's forgiveness. There needs to be forgiveness in Emmanuel and there needs to be forgiveness in your home. Is this church the house of God? Is your home teaching your young people? Are they learning the same traits? It's very hard for a young person to come to the pastoral staff if the parents are eating them for supper. Do I think that happens here? Not very much that I can know of. But I want you to be careful with it. So is your home offering the traits that the house of God is supposed to have? Acceptance, safety, restoration, and forgiveness? Can you see those traits in you? Because each of you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Because you're either going to do it God's way or you're going to do it the world's way. You want the way of blessing? Do it God's way. Next week, the church of the living God. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.